Well, hello again. Welcome back to another episode of Down the Hall Podcast. We have for you a spooky edition. I was really hoping we'd get one of those from you somehow. Uh, A movie night of the week. And also, we're going to give you a movie to avoid. Uh, Rodney, did you know that a person, the average person, wastes 115 hours every year just looking for a movie to watch? Indeed, I do. They waste it clicking around tile to tile to tile, uh, category to category to category, just begging for somebody to alleviate the pain of searching, which is what we're doing. Indeed, we are. Heroes. Um, Question, Chet. If I gave you 115 hours back... What would you do with it? Rodney, I need 115 hours to regroup. Regroup. Because I'll tell you, this week, two distinct things happened that made me just think, like, I'm a mess. Okay, give me... I mean, I've known that about you. Yeah, but this week, more than most. Tell the people why. I don't know if it was because at the beginning of the week I was sick and then I just sort of had like a lack of sleep. But two things happened this week that, that were just blatantly failing at life. Okay, okay, so I'll start with the more tame one because the, the the second story is just is just the worst. Okay, so first story is not that bad, but today at lunch I I was eating with a fork and I took a stab at you know at the chicken that I was eating, and as I was biting into the chicken, I thought, man, that like that's a bit crunchier than it should be. That's a bit crunchier. Uh, so you know whatever I, I ate it, and I looked down at my plastic fork and a a half of one of the prongs was mi- I I chomped my fork and I, ate it. I swallowed my fork. I I've never swallowed the fork, but I've broken and felt like I broke my teeth chewing on plastic prongs. So that's that's story one. Where okay, first question mess. on that: Do you think that means that we're eating too aggressively, like too too much out of desperation? Like, why is it that we're breaking plastic forks? It's it's a problem. Like that, that is that th- us or is that like faulty equipment? I don't think it's a universal problem. Otherwise, they would change the way that these things are made. It's definitely just you and me. Okay. Note. Noted. Second story. Now, we've talked about this before. When we did the episode on Sleepwalk with me, we talked about how I have the propensity to sometimes sleep talk. Yeah. Like occasionally, I wouldn't say sleepwalk, but be relatively active in my sleep. The other night, I was half awake half like in my dream and so much so that I like, I recognized that I was in my room, but was still dreaming and was convinced that a big brick wall was about to fall on top of me. And in response to the brick wall that was going to fall on top of me, I tried to leap out of the way. When I leapt, I did so straight into my actual wall and smashed my head on the windowsill and then did it again. I leapt twice and smashed my head twice into the same corner of the windowsill. And then I woke up, I came to, and I was like, what the heck? And and I went into the bathroom and there was blood all over my face. What day was I, this? This was like three days ago. I'm telling you, one, I mean, so this tells you as my failings as a human being, I was awake I heard this, 
and I I didn't know really what to make of it. I thought maybe like you like you drop something in your room or whatever. Ronnie, um, I was smashing my head against a windowsill. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. Three days ago, I definitely heard the banging around, and I thought, "What's he doing up there?" And later, I went upstairs to brush my teeth. And I noticed that there was blood in the, in sink? the sink. Yeah, yeah, because I had to doctor myself up. And then I sat up. I sat awake with like an ice pack on my head, pissed. I, I was just pissed. <laughs> I was like, I actually was asking myself, because it was like 2 a.m. I was like, what are you doing, Chet? Why is this even a thing? Why do you have to then tell this story tomorrow? And all I could think is if this swells up and I have like an egg on my head, I got to come up with a better story than this. But instead, I swerved right into it and just told the first person I saw at work about it. Is it is it weird that you did that or that I heard all this, saw blood in the sink, and I asked no questions at all? That's far more reckless. I kind of just assumed when I saw the blood that you must have, like, shaved and, like, cut cut something. <laughs> like like the kid Grinch? I... I don't know. Like, you know, like you've probably, I mean, it looked like it looked, yeah, it did look like a decent, like I couldn't quite figure that out. Actually, I assume that or a nosebleed. Okay. So you, those, I like, I did associate, but I did not connect the noise in that. How much have you assumed like innocence because you didn't want to consider what your responsibility might be if there was something more nefarious going on? Literally not until this very second that I realized Wow, I did hear banging. I did then later, probably like an hour or so later for me, see blood and just kind of assumed like, I don't know. I didn't I didn't connect the pieces. So, I mean, you know, listen, I, you know, in the same week, I, I smashed my own head against my windowsill twice and then chomped my fork. Mm. So it, I need 115 hours just to just to kind of regroup. Yeah. So the next couple cr- plays out, come back next You know, week. the Mike Birbiglia thing was... He, people would always tell him to go get it checked out and he'd be like yeah i I know i should and then i just ordered pizza (laughs) do you feel like that at all right now i mean if we were to order pizza i wouldn't say no i don't know how you get a podcast but you should look into it yes of course it's down the hall i'm psyched and here we go so this week as rodney uh hinted at a little bit of a spooktacular week. Um, This week, we're looking at the movie Girl with All the Gifts. It is an Amazon Prime find. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, which I was just talking to a coworker about this the other day, and uh, and I would say it's definitely worth it because, well, you you don't have to pay for shipping, and then you have all this access to all these movies that- And music. You otherwise wouldn't have. So Amazon Prime, Girl with All the Gifts, uh, not to be confused with the girl with the dragon tattoo. Nope. Or the girl on the train. Or- or the gift. Or the girls with no gifts. Or the girls with no gifts, which, you know. It's not yet a movie. It's also a sad tale. Um, it is, uh, it's starring Glenn Close, Gemma Arterton, Patty Considine, and introducing Sania Nanua, who plays the main character, Melanie. And I have to say, does an unbelievable job. She's probably, what, 11, 12 years old? Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I, I guess so. Or at least she's portraying someone that's that age. Um but you told me this was her first performance, right? Her first notable one. I think she was. She played a character, I think, in an episode of a TV show at one point, but certainly not anything of note. Yeah, no, she's great in this. So this is a drama horror thriller because it is a zombie movie. Uh, but I would definitely say that it's a zombie movie for people who don't necessarily like zombie movies. It's almost like a coming-of-age zombie movie. And I'll let Rodney talk about that a little bit more. But it has a more interesting take, a more interesting story than any I've seen recently. Um, it is less than two hours, so an hour and 51 minutes. We think it's worth your movie night. 
It's directed by Colm McCarthy, who was best known for maybe The Deep and a couple episodes of like Black Mirror and Peaky Blinders. So just some, he's a notable, uh, he's done notable work on TV shows. And I think this would probably be his best singular movie so far. Rodney, what is this movie about? So the movie really starts out with, um, you know, this facility that looks like, you know, just like basically a military base facility. Yeah. And almost like it's set up with barricades from, you know, you know, zombies that are surrounding it. And um, it kind of starts to focus in on this story of these children who look like normal children, mm-hmm. but have, you know, zombie tendencies. Um, and so it's almost like they're kind of studying them and trying to figure out what's what's happening, potentially right. like looking for a cure when this base or this whole facility gets overrun. And so mm-hmm. the movie is basically about one of these children um, who, you know, there's obviously kind of the subset of people who are very skeptical um, of having her along with them because they feel like they're in very much danger around her. But what you have in this girl is somebody who is almost like she's trying to figure out like who she is. You know, she's like trying to figure out, um, you know, okay, what does this mean? What am I? Am I different than you? Um, you know, how is this? Like she's she's actively trying to figure it out, but she's very protective of you know humans in particular this one teacher that they had uh Gemma Arterton played by Gemma Arterton and so you know it's very much this developing story that you're kind of trying to figure out well one they're kind of on the run um just like normal zombie movies kind Mm -hmm. of portray but at the same time you're really getting this story of a developing character and trying to figure out okay what is this like hybrid you know yeah uh human form person uh in zombie and so that's pretty much the the backdrop of um, of the story as they are kind of fighting to figure out one a cure and survival and staying alive. Absolutely. And I think what makes it interesting, and we have to kind of tread lightly because it's a story that progresses in a way where we can't share too much without spoiling, but it's a movie where you're kind of seeing things through the eyes of someone who is not necessarily a full-fledged zombie, although those do exist uh, within this movie, as Rodney said. It's a girl who just considers herself to be this normal girl and right. at the facility. They're literally teaching these kids like math and history and, you know, studying them, testing them, but also educating them. So she presents like the most polite, kindest little girl you'll, you know, you'll ever meet. Yeah. Uh, yet in moments when she gets hungry or smells blood or flesh, she becomes vicious, like, like a yeah. regular zombie. Right. Would, right. So you're kind of watching as she's just trying to figure out, like Rodney said, who, like, what am I? Like, really? And Glenn Close plays the lead scientist who does not recognize her as being human, essentially. Like, right. sees her only as a zombie, where Gemma Arterton's character, being one of her teachers, sees her as a human first. Um, and then, yeah, they, they have to, as they kind of progress out of the facility, there's this really tense scene, which doesn't spoil anything, but I think it sets the tone for really why I would recommend this as a movie night. At one point, all of the zombies themselves... Uh, have been infected by essentially a fungus. And so the zombies' faces look like they're kind of sprouting, like almost vegetation. And there's this one scene where uh, their small group of of survivors are trying to make their way through this town, and it is infested with zombies. But if there's no action, the zombies basically become dormant, just Mm -hmm. kind of docile, just stand there. Um, And unless they get bumped into or awoken by enough noise, they just remain they remain stationary. And so they're very slowly making their way through this town. And this scene is incredible because there are just 
hundreds of zombies just standing still, which somehow is scarier than hundreds of zombies yeah. running at them. Like yeah. we've all I, seen the scenes of yeah, hordes of say. zombies running. This scene though, where they're standing still and then all of a sudden one of them just wakes up and starts yeah. coming to them and they, they shoot it yeah. silently. You know, like yeah. that scene was incredibly tense. And I think that's the one scene I feel like I'm allowed to talk about without spoiling anything. Yeah. I think you're, it's, it's good to bring that up because, um, you know, a few other components, like you said, it's hard to really talk about too much without feeling like you're spoiling some of the story or some of what you end up learning. Um, but I think they take on the zombie movie with a number of unique enough features that make it really interesting, that make you feel like you're watching something different than the same zombie movie over and over and over again, where you see zombies in a completely different way. So they, they put enough unique spins on it, too, that make it this really, really interesting watch. In particular for Halloween, I feel like this is a this is a great one to put on for Halloween because it's not just your kind of normal Halloween movie or, or one of the same ones you might have seen. This one is, I feel like, a new one that you can watch, feel like you're watching a Halloween movie that also has, you know, potentially more substance to it. Completely agree. So, Rodney, what did you give this? Um, I gave this movie an eight. For me, it's a nine. Really? It is a nine. Yep. It was, to me... Um, Zombie movies and like The Walking Dead, like those are fun, but it can become old. It can become tired. This was a fresh take, and it re- it really did feel like a almost like a coming of age movie uh, set during the zombie apocalypse, but through the eyes of someone who is recognizing themselves as being a zombie. Yeah. What did the uh, IMDb community give it? Uh, so the IMDb community gave it a six point seven. Okay, sure. Um, but yeah, so six point seven. So not the highest movie that we've ever done, but. Don't trust that. Trust the fact that uh, there are professionals. See how I transitioned differently this time. Good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does it count think... if you point it out, though? Anyway, carry oh, on. Oh, I can point out everything. Yes. Uh, for me, it counts. Uh, but the professionals, on the other hand. Hate, hate, hate. Hate, hate, hate. Double hate. Lose entirely. I like you a lot. Gave it an 84% Rotten Tomatoes score. So... I think that this is one of those rare cases where you get almost a more above average Rotten Tomato score with more of a... 84% is pretty high. That's that's definitely more than just above average. I feel like that's... I mean, anytime you're talking 80 and above, that's that's a pretty universally liked movie. You once told me that 51% meant that the majority thought something. Yes. So I think 84%... And saying that it's above average, yeah, but the nuance also of that accurate suggests the nuance like, of that. Then what about the nuance of fifty-one percent being the majority of people think? It's um, t- correct me when I'm wrong. Correct me when I'm wrong with, with above average. I'm just saying that eighty-four percent seems to suggest more than just above average, which is the same the same commentary I had for you to say the majority. I mean, ask me what percentage I would give you on this conversation. Um, so I'm guessing a ninety-eight. The best and worst review. Uh, is something we always give. So 84% means that most of the reviews were, were high, uh, not not just above average. Amount, and above but, average number uh, of reviews the, were. The worst review is what we're going to start with. Um, I don't even know how to introduce this anymore. I don't. I don't, have an, I don't have any other funny way to talk about the fact that Slant Magazine came in again as the lowest review. So Slant Magazine, the uh, ever-critical, ever-self-important Slant Magazine, says... The film wants to have its flesh and eat it too. But even more damning is how little meat is on its bones to begin with. 
I I feel uh, like they just write. Uh, I know it's not a limerick, but I feel like they they try and be poetic with things. But it's the same crap uh, over and over and over again. They just like it's just everything's just for effect. Yeah, they just don't even, have like they don't have like an honest take on things. It's just like they go. Uh, I didn't really care for it, so I'm going to come up with a creative way of the, saying that. Oh, it tried to be serious, but oh, okay, so it's uh, it tried to have its flesh and eat it too get it like zombies you know i once was invited out to have sushi um with some friends because i was going to be meeting this person's boyfriend for the first time right so it was a group of us it was a group of us and one person in particular was bringing their boyfriend to meet me and some other friends for the first time okay so not just you not just i was picturing you like what are you the godfather no but like i've also i'm pretty protective of this person so like they wanted me to meet their boyfriend so uh so anyway so, so you so are the friend comes i made him kiss my ring and yeah. you know etc etc but um, you come to speak to me today I, on the day of my friend's birthday i like people i like most people I, i'm gonna like them until like until they really show me that they can't be liked and i that's like still super <laughs> they don't deserve me. it like i really love like i just like like i'm always interested but this dude he was like Slant Magazine personified to me. When I think of Slant Magazine, so like he was talking about how he was so proud of himself because he had gone to see like, I don't know, Doctor Strange, I think it was. And that in a scene in a hospital, so Doctor Strange, there was like, there was like medicine inventory stacked incorrectly in the back, like in the back of a scene on the shelf. And he yelled out in the theater, that is the most inefficient way to stack medicine. And then thought he was like hilarious and thought he had done everyone like a favor. Like the way he was telling the story, it was as if like he had just enhanced the movie for everyone. That is slant magazine. Slant magazine yells about the inventory stacking efficiency of medicine in the background of Dr. Strange. I get your point and I agree in principle, but I don't agree that they would have the astuteness to even know how medicine should be stacked. I think that they are, it's dry. Like, I probably I, am giving them too much credit. Right. I think that they're just like, let's just not like it and come up with the most lazy way of, of insulting this movie. So the best review came from Empire. Empire Magazine it says, this is the best zombie. Empire, like the TV show. The TV show. Yeah. The, the cast got together. They watched this movie. Terrence and they, Howard. They talked about it. Right. Um, so it's either that or Empire Magazine. I, I don't. I don't know for sure. One of the same. Um, it, it says the best zombie-ish apocalypse in years. Senia Nanua, so the main character, is a major discovery, but it's the dense social commentary and moral dilemmas that will haunt you. I agree. Best zombie-ish apocalypse in years. I definitely think it stands alone in that. I'm trying to figure out, like, the social commentary versus moral dilemma, but, um, like, I definitely see the moral dilemma. I'm trying to think of, if I don't know. The social commentary piece is a little bit weird but i know we didn't really talk too much about it probably just because it starts to get into the details of how the movie ends but um i think that's something that we didn't mention that is pretty interesting um so before we move on to uh to movie to avoid and also our topic for the night uh rodney i i was reminded as we watched this movie of something i saw did you ever watch um the documentary the bbc documentary planet earth um, I've seen some of it, but I haven't seen all of it. There was an episode about insects. Well, I think it might've been about like the, the rainforest, but then insects within the rainforest. It talked about this type of fungus called cordyceps where, and, and this is, this is what this, this movie made me think of because the zombies, they weren't like rotting out. Like there wasn't like flesh falling off them, like the walking dead. These zombies in this movie had like vegetation sprouting out from their, like from them. Right. So like yep. the, the, the disease was 
like a, a fungus that looked for hosts. And when, when it infected the host, it would like grow and sprout out of them. Right. right? So there's a real life thing called cordyceps and this is insane. Okay. So it infects these ants. And as soon as the ant is infected, it literally, it will go into the ant's brain and it'll drive the ant to climb upwards on a tree or a branch or whatever and stay there. And then it dies. The ant dies and the cordyceps grows out of its freaking head and sprouts and then will burst and all like it'll infect the area around it. And it always will do these to these like specific ants so much so that when other ants begin to notice that that one of like one of their buddies is infected, they literally pick him up and carry him far away from the crew so that he can't infect anybody else. They just pick him up and throw him. Amazing. The next thing that's crazy, though, is that there are thousands of these type of fungi, thousands, and each one specifically chooses a specific type of insect to do the same thing to. They don't double up on any one insect. They don't pick a different one. They each have their own insect that they will infect its brain and then sprout the heck out of its own head. Mm. I, it blew my mind when I heard this. Like you can right now, you can go on YouTube and look up zombie ants, BBC Planet Earth, and you'll find what I'm talking about. Listen to me, like those those shows, like so much about them blows me away. Like how They're they get incredible. the footage. It's incredible. Like how much work goes into doing that? You how get, much work? It's you it's get emotionally insane. invested into those shows too. I've seen you get really into them. Like some people are when they're watching football. Like they might be like screaming at the TV. I've seen you scream at the TV when yeah. watching one of these. Documentaries. Yeah, because one of them, I remember, I put on, and all of a sudden they were showing these like this like herd of elephants that had to try and get themselves across a desert. And then like as I'm watching it, I was like just working and watching, and all of a sudden I realized, like I just found myself just watching. And there was a baby elephant that was like, you know, and like the, the voice always is like, you know, like the voice always gives it away. Like, yeah. you know, um, all of them will like, make it safe. Yeah. Except for one unfortunate as, soul. As they struggle through the desert, you know, this baby elephant will never see the other side. Could not. Uh, or no, the, it was the mom elephant. This mom elephant, you know, was unable to continue to carry on. And so you like all of a sudden you just see it like bend down and like lay down. And I'm sitting there like, don't even. And there's like a baby, a baby that's with it and crying, like wailing out. It's like, could somebody have helped the elephant? Like, who's the cameraman? Help the elephant. You don't got to let it die. I also remember uh, you watching. There was like this like little like critter that was running across like this like cavern floor. And there was a hawk, like a massive hawk, like it was going to come in and swoop in and just snatch the little baby, whatever it was. And like it was talking about the, and then the narrator again is just saying like this only, the the only (laughs) hope is that it does not stumble upon the rocky, rocky terrain. And it's like running. And I remember you yelling, don't stumble, don't stumble. (laughs) So yeah, that not to correct you, but it was like a baby gazelle and a lion or something. No, it 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 was airborne predator. I knew that. No, it wasn't. It was, it was a, I, I, again, I'm not, not to be minute, but it was because it was, it was a baby gazelle. And they basically said like, you know, it is faster than the lion. You know, like it will be able to to keep running away from it so long as it doesn't stumble. And I was Don't like, you stumble. suck. <laughs> I know what's going to happen now. You know, so you're watching this baby gazelle run and get like distance on it, on its predator. And then all of a sudden it like trips and you're like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, but to me. Don't it's try to bring it back TV. to like a point. Don't try to. We, we no, no, way to, off, to way me, off track. To me, it's just great. Like beyond movies. 
if you just need something to be on and like oh yeah you don't need to track with a story or anything that's that's great but the idea that like this is a actual occurring thing in nature that this that they use as an idea for the movie that that's terrifying to me because that's a like that to me is like well that might work that might actually be real that might actually happen to me tonight like i ate a fork this week i'm probably the one in a zombie movie i'm not one of the survivors i'm one with broccoli growing out my forehead i know that yeah there's an old saying in tennessee i know it's in texas probably in tennessee that says fool me once shame on shame on you it fooled me. We can't get fooled again. All right. So, uh, so the movie we're avoiding as we uh, as we do each week. So we give you one to watch as your movie night. Also, one to avoid. This one comes from Rodney, and it is called The Babysitter. Tell us about it. Yeah. So wait, um, wait before I ask, I mean, before you, was this a Netflix original? This was a Netflix original. Okay. So that's important because yeah. that's, that's why we will tell you to avoid it because it's going to be promoted on Netflix. It was highly promoted and came out on Friday the thirteenth. Um, so. Keeping in keeping with our theme, it is a spooktacular. It is a Halloweenish movie. Um, I will say a few caveats before I tell you to avoid this movie. It is intentionally a parody of like a horror movie. It's called The Babysitter, and it's essentially a parody of like a, a Halloween movie where you know the babysitter ends up becoming this like crazy killer, but it's. I mean, it's a satire. I, like yeah. it's like making fun of itself. Yeah, absolutely. It's making fun of itself the whole time. The only thing that I would say is, and like I did watch it, and I can't say that I didn't enjoy it, but I will say, at a certain point, I was tired. Like it gets tired. Okay, fair so enough. So it just it it wanes towards the end. So uh, yeah, that's why it's one to avoid. Marlon Wayne's comes in towards the end. He doesn't. That's Had nuts. he, that would be probably make it definitely a movie to avoid. Crazy. I'm not hating on it. I'm just telling you that it gets tired. Like by the end, like I, I pretty much put it on because I thought like, uh, like I was thinking about other movies to put on and I felt like, oh, this, this feels like an easy movie to put on. And I was kind of in the mood for, you know, something Halloween-esque that might be funny. Yeah, so um, The Babysitter. One the Babysitter. So yeah. Halloween-esque, it was Halloween-ish, but you're saying you wanted more Halloweener. You wanted more more of the Halloweener, more Halloweener in your life. Is what, uh, you, is what you're saying. It was a Halloween-esque, you just wish it was more Halloweener. No. Uh, like, in, in just in general, like, just as you approach and make decisions, do you, do you want, like, in life, like, you do want more or less things to be, like, more or less Halloweener? Um, I don't like what you're trying to do. I'm, I'm not, I'm not respecting what you're trying to do. All right. So, uh, this week's topic is, it's just, we're just going to keep it simple this week, but it's also, I, I, this is actually a fun topic to talk through. So we asked the listeners, what is your favorite and least favorite Halloween candy? Do you really love the lamp or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamp. That's an interesting question, right? Because you're thinking like... uh, we all have our favorite candy, but we, like why it's distinctly Halloween candy is because people, you know, pass out the little fun sized ones when yeah. people go trick or treating. But also, there's always that person that hands out like, I don't know, like chalk, or or like stickers, or worse, like an apple. Like that's like don't like if you're thinking out there, like if you're thinking this year, like I want to be, like I want to be a little responsible. Like I want the kids to have something healthy. Like maybe some like I don't know some alternatives to candy. Like just don't do that. Don't do that because you're going to be remembered for all the wrong reasons. I, I, well, first of all, I feel like it's well known that you are not supposed to eat anything that is not packaged candy, right? 
Sure. I don't know if. You, <laughs> what about like packaged raisins, though? I mean, you've now admitted that you've eaten a fork. Have you ever eaten an apple with razors in it? Because that's you know that was like a really like common that. thing that was uh, a warning when you go out Halloween trick or treating. Well, let's see what the listeners had to say first, and then we can talk about our our favorites and maybe least favorites. So, uh, Troy from Kansas City, his favorite is Reese's. Like that's a good. That's probably my answer, too. His favorite's Reese's, but his least favorite is, I guess, someone once when he was a kid gave him a toothbrush when he was trick-or-treating. <laughs> I've heard of that. That's, I feel like that was what my grandmother gave us in our stockings. Like, was, a, was a toothbrush, an apple, and an orange. I remember always thinking, like... like passive-aggressive. That's yeah. like, it's like getting someone, like, a gym membership for Christmas. Like, it's like, okay, like, all right, so what? Can like, I actually say, if you're giving out toothbrushes, isn't that significantly more expensive than, like... How many kids are you giving toothbrush before you're like, like a toothbrush is like four bucks. Isn't the plural of toothbrush, toothbry? I think toothbry. Jess, Jess from Massachusetts says uh, mini Hershey bars are her favorite. You know, the little tiny like the and like crackle and everything. Those are good. Oh, and yeah. Then, crackle's uh, good. Mini Hershey bars sucks. Her, her least favorite are the gummies that are shaped like body parts. You know, like the ears and like the, she says they make her gag. Okay, well, who is this person? Jess from Massachusetts. Jess from Massachusetts, you're just wrong. Yeah, I, also, like, I think you might be eating them wrong if you're asking me. If you I'm like gagging. a plain Hershey's chocolate bar, but you don't like a gummy candy, like, we couldn't be friends. Dan from New Hampshire says, the best, any any candy that it ends up being full-size. Like, if you, like, as a kid, if you heard rumors in the neighborhood that there was a house that was giving out full-size candy bars, you knew that, A, there was a limit, and you knew, B, that you were skipping past any other house to sprint there as fast as you could. You go there, and they hand you a full-size Milky Way, your night's made. I have to say, though, I think I'm going to take the other side of the street and say it was too much candy. Like, I like the variety. I like to be able to keep going through all of the candy like i'm gonna eat enough to be a full-size milky way anyway like i don't need your one full milky way bar i don't know man that's feels kind of slant magazine right there so he also said that so dan from new hampshire best would be full-size candy but he said the worst are circus peanuts i totally agree circus peanuts what are those yeah circus peanuts uh they're i mean i can eat two and like enjoy them and then the rest i'm good i think i ate two like collectively over the course of my life and i know i'm definitely not like i definitely what exactly are they marshmallows i can't really tell. are they like, like orange flavored like marshmallows that are just it's like stale like yeah but they, why are they are they orange like flavored? if you knocked on them there'd be a noise yeah but you're not answering my question are they orange flavored i know they're color really the orange. most important i get i mean maybe because no i think is it not important i guess like, you're right. why would why would they call them sir i know that they're they look like peanuts but why would they decide to flavor them orange i think it's circus flavored whatever that means to you uh, Kate in Maine says Reese's again, but she also said the worst are raisins. And so that's what I'm talking about. Like the guy who thinks he's going to be especially healthy and like hand out a box, like the mini box of raisins. I'm going to take those raisins. I'm going to kindly dump them over your front step. Walk away. Not me. I taught, I tossed that box right off your forehead. <laughs> Kevin in Tennessee says Snickers and that his least favorite is candy corn. Okay. I kind of, I can go for some candy corn. I like candy corn. The problem with candy corn is that I never think I want it and I start eating it and I, I honestly can't stop. But you, is it one, it's one of those candies that you can't stop, but you kind of wish you did because it's not that good, it's right? It's like me with like Twizzlers. Yeah, I, I stop eating Twizzlers. Twizzlers, unless they're pull and peel, Twizzlers to me, it's like, it's just wax. The idea that people eat, like pay through the nose at a movie theater for Twizzlers, always like, I would want to tell that person like, you, you're not responsible. Right. No, it's true. It's actually a good point. You, you should take that upon yourself. Uh, Emily in Missouri says... Reese's, so that's obviously a popular Another answer one. tonight. Wait, no, but can't, wait, help me. The uh, Halloween Reese's are like a single cup, right? 
I probably yes. Like yep. right, they're just mm-hmm. like a, mm-hmm. a a square of a single cup. Yeah. I agree. Perfect. Those are great. Yes. You know, I'll one up you the uh, the Easter time egg Reese's. Those are the best. No, ratio's way off. Hate Emily it. in Missouri said Reese's, but she said her least favorite was uh, black licorice. Which yeah. I mean, true. Not candy. I think black licorice is dying with like generations that are dying. Like it's definitely like an old person food. Like like kind of like marzipan. Yeah, like what, what does that mean? Original. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean that they like became obsessed with candy before they figured out flavors? Oh, Rodney, like when <laughs> I feel like it was like during the depression and they were like using rubber tires to like make shoes for school, but then also make candy out of. Like, I think they use like the rubber from tires to then also make black licorice. Yeah, it or like became whatever. Like a treat that you could use to tie your rubber shoes or like jump rope with like Jimmy, but then also then eat. So I think that's really the origination. But I also think that uh, that as we've grown as a society, we realize that things that taste good are preferable to things that don't. And so black licorice, I think, is on its last legs. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, so, Ronnie, what's your favorite candy around Halloween time? So when I was younger, it 100% used to be the Three Musketeers bar. The Three Musketeers bar, I feel like... You're so right. And at some, uh, every once in a while as an adult, I'll be checking out a Walmart, CVS, and I see a Three Musketeers Sometimes bar. Sometimes on the same night, get one at Walmart, make a stop at CVS, get a second one. <laughs> There's something about a, a th- good Three Musketeers bar that is just straight nougat. You know, you've got nougat in a lot of other candy bars, um, but this one is just nougat. No caramel, doesn't mess around, it's just like, but I'll throw out some other, so anyway, that was as a kid. Um I've always loved Milky Ways. I love the fun size Milky Ways. There's something I feel like there's something good about that caramel nougat ratio better than their full size candy bar. Okay, can you pick one? I'm probably so. Here's here's another one I'm gonna throw out there. Have you ever had the Twizzler, like the mini Twizzlers that they give out on Halloween? Wait, didn't we just get done talking about how Twizzlers no, but they're are different. Full, and, and I want the listeners to chime in and agree with me. Only agree with me <laughs> okay. that. The mini Twizzlers that you get in the bags that are like yay big. You so, see what I'm doing with my hand, right? I, Those I see that. Yes. are significantly different and significantly better and significantly more flavorful and significantly softer mm-hmm. than the full size wax candy that you get at like a movie theater. So like you have like the the regular full size Twizzlers that don't come out on Halloween. Then you have the more Halloweener. Uh, Twizzlers that that you prefer. So again, you prefer the more Halloweener ones. You prefer the Halloweener, the Wiener, tw- the Halloweener Twizzlers as opposed to the non. I which mean, is what I hear from you. What's your least favorite? Um, my least favorite candy are are Necco wafers. Do those? Yes, given that out? was going to be mine. Do they give but those out I, at Halloween? Well, I also had a question. Are Necco wafers? Are those regionally specific? Because it's New England Candy Company. That's what Necco stands for. Uh, if anyone somehow does, like they don't know what Necco wafers are, basically are these like circular, they're tums, almost like tums, <laughs> yeah. That that I think again, like during the depression, was probably all the rage. But it's basically chalk. It's basically chalk. Like you can use it as an antacid, no doubt. Oh, yeah. you could probably use it to like balance out an uneven table. Okay, like a, like a you know rickety table. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what other good uses you could use it. Like if you ran out of checker pieces while you're playing checkers, checkers would be great. Yeah, Necco wafers. Mm-hmm. Um, Weapons. You, you could draw Coins. like a head on one side and tails on the other, and flip a coin, flip yep. a Necco wafer. Mm-hmm. But you certainly shouldn't eat it. No, should never approach your palate. Okay, so if that's not if that's regionally specific, um, well, that's my answer. That's I think we should stick with that. Well, my favorite 
is actually hundred grand bars. Have you ever had those? Oh, the best! They're I forgot so about those. Do those give given out? It. I feel yeah, like they... the mini ones. The mini like if I found those, those were kind of like the white whale. Like if there was yeah. a bag or like a community bucket or like leftover Halloween, and I saw like the little red wrapper, like there was a chance it was a Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. Like there was a chance that it was something, and I grabbed it and ended up being hundred grand bar. I literally would be get borderline emotional. Like I would go into a room by myself and hold it, and then. And then devour it, right? Chet, because hold it on, find. Chet, hold on to your butt. I'm gonna say something you have not heard me say before. Dang it! I wish I didn't laugh. You could not be more right. You just won this thing. The hundred grand bar is so is such the white whale that it escapes my my thought process. As another one that when I see mm. at checkouts, I'm like, mm-hmm. gotta get that sucker. Mm-hmm. Just straight caramel and like a, a crunch bar. Straight caramel, homie. And crunch bar though, so good. Crispy chocolate, which is the best mm-hmm. so like crackle great yeah. with caramel inside doesn't get better also a sucker for the cookies and cream bar but yes 100 grand takes the cake mm-hmm. but i could eat 100 grand literally a hundred all day all day where like cookies <laughs> okay. and cream bar if i ate one done all right i don't enough. want anymore you win so at this point in the episode uh we've given you a movie to avoid we've given you a movie to watch which i think you know maybe not necessarily in that order but we've done both of those things we've mm-hmm. talked nonsense we've talked candy we also want to give a shout out though to a couple of our friends. Yeah, so those would be the uh, the Checkdown Jersey guys who right. we um, are on their show on Thursdays at every eight p.m. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. It is Facebook Live, but it also does get converted into a podcast, which you can then catch later in the week. Make sure you do that. We're about to get into our favorite scenes from The Girl with All the Gifts. So if that's not for you, if you don't want it spoiled for you, you can dip out now. I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. What do we think about the ending, Rodney? So again, if if someone's seen the movie, we don't need to explain the whole thing, but just basically surface level explanation uh the main character makes a choice to embrace the further spreading of this disease to kind of create a world that is centered on her and her community of of kind of human zombie you know kind of crossbreed almost i mean that's not really the best way to describe it but um that this that it would be the next stage of evolution essentially is is her way of thinking thus thus ending any hope of humanity as we know it continuing to exist so basically i do love the commentary of saying like okay you guys are human so to you the world was really about you guys and now we're in this world where there's a bunch of zombies and you're looking at me and i'm human and zombie but you look at me like i'm the pariah or that i'm the problem where it's kind of like wait piranha if all of you die, then this is a world that is now normal to me. Like I'm the most normal and you're, you know, you're now the extinct person. Right, so cause they had found other kids like, yeah. Her. Like why do I deserve to be imprisoned for who I am when there's, you know, there's nothing yeah. other than you used to control the world. Like why mm-hmm. should you continue to control the world? So I think from that standpoint, very interesting to me, like it felt like it didn't do enough to, continue that story that's the only thing that i felt like it was like fell flat for me like i wanted there to be more about like mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? yeah. like that's the part that felt a little flat to me sure. again not that i needed more explained yeah just more like well i wanted more yeah you know all right fair enough so anyway so yeah so girl with all the gifts right it's great it's one. great it's awesome it's a great awesome. halloween one this is a fun episode Spooky I like, I like edition. About, uh, candy now i want some candy i'm actually um I don't know if you realize that I could have talked about candy all day. I've got theories upon theories. Not theories. I've just got opinions upon opinions of candy. Yeah, I believe that. 
I definitely believe that. So much. Well, anyway, I'm Chet. That's Rodney. We're Down the Hall Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Down the Hall Guys. You can go to our website, downthehallpodcast.com, where we definitely recommend you scroll down and give us a movie of your choice that we should consider for a movie night. As always, thank you. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Yeah.